Are you struggling with your job right now? Are you a student who doesn't know what they want to do in their life? Are you confused about where you're going and what your future is going to be like, whether you're retiring or, or you're just starting out in life? Are you worried for your kids that they're, going, that they're going to go to college and not be able to find a job? Did you lose your job and you don't know what to do now? This revelation comes from uh, this gentleman who had been a school teacher in New York City and was awarded for his ability as a school teacher, teacher of the year, etc., etc. This is information that you, if you are in any one of those categories, will benefit from hearing. It's a revelation. You may never have heard of this before. And before I actually share it with you, I want you to know that this could change your life. This information is so revolutionary that with it, you can change the course of your life. This could be a wake-up call for you, but it could also be the answer that you have been looking for for many, many months or years. Enjoy it. I hope that the audio recording is easy for you. This information is vital if you're in any of those categories that I shared before. You even may be a leader, a Sunday school teacher who wants to really impact his students, who really make a difference. You may be a teacher who is struggling because of the curriculum that you are using right now, just as this uh, man, John Gatto, who you may be familiar with, had done. And after 32 years or so of teaching, he observed curriculum and, and the things that students were learning. <clears throat> and the impact that that information had, as opposed to this information, which is revelatory, but also helpful for you once you understand it. So let me begin with no further ado. As I have often said and proved with documentation, forced Institutional schooling was never a homegrown American phenomenon, but from the beginning was an importation from a socialist European military state by our industrial leadership, an import imposed by force on our population which in many locations reacted violently to what was widely seen as a coup by financial interests, a coup intended to prepare our future citizen base to abandon its dream of independent livelihoods in favor of competing for good corporate jobs, employment subservient to managers." It was a transformation noted with horror by Abraham Lincoln, who thought it signified a reassertion of the British social class system on our shores, brought back by British bankers financing the westward expansion of the United States in the middle 19th century. Men made uneasy by the voice given by America to ordinary families and working class individuals. Men determined to end popular interference in management by infiltration 
and weakening the minds of future citizens. According to a brilliant American scholar, Anthony Sutton, writing in a book I highly recommend entitled America's Secret Establishment, schooling was inserted into America by an elite German secret society working through Yale University and John Hopkins to gradually infiltrate every institution, directing all policy toward the end of American sovereignty. Sutton supplies chapter and verse of this sophisticated conspiracy, tracking it through its inception at the University of Berlin and the Prussia of von Bismarck and following it through the thousands of American young from wealthy families studying the Prussia for the coveted Ph.D. degree, granted only there in the 19th century, not in the States. To achieve this ambitious goal of national denomination, the common American population, according to the plan, was to be converted from an independent citizenry into the proletariat, a landless, lightly rooted, ignorant rebel, one freed from religious faith and inactive, indifferent mass, one content to be taken care of by a paternalistic government, one stripped of religion and traditions of liberty, independence, self-sufficiency, family ties, and concern for politics, content to cede all such matters to bankers, lawyers, business interests, and the American counterpart to Britain and Germany's upper classes. A mass man dedicated to the proposition that a person got ahead in life by pleasing higher authorities and by surrendering any personal principles disfavored by one's superiors. These are the core principles taught by mass institutional schooling. Habits drummed in by 12 years of confinement. If they were serviceable, according to what history shows to be America's unique genius, invention and innovation, this coup might not be so objectionable. But obviously, they directly contradict what earned us our wealth and leadership position among nations, ingenuity, inventiveness, and common ambition. The children I taught had been deliberately infected with the delusion that an entity called mass man actually exists. That human individuality is largely a reflection of economic and social class and that it can be scientifically engineered by bureaucracies interlinked with one another. A great socialistic fantasy, an ultimate statement of materialism. Socialist politics rejects individual enterprise as an enemy of collectivism. Socialism holds that all human beings are the same at the core without any proper claim to individualized treatment in preparation for maturity. In such a reality, only the political state can direct the training of young people. 
but because state prescriptions are too rigid to fit everyone. Children rebel, listen less and less. Their disobedience is a natural defense of their unique spirits. The delusion that people can be treated as a mass leads inevitably to types of organizations and procedure that drive people literally insane because it bleeds significance from everyday choices, makes a mockery of free will. This mental distress is a legacy of bureaucratic schooling, a byproduct of efficiency engineer Frederick Taylor's notion that societies can be scientifically managed as if they were factories or coal mines, not much different than machinery. But crucial differences exist, whether one believes in divine destiny or not. Machinery can only be improved by inventions from outside while education only happens when much of the directing force is generated from inside the student. People can improve in limited ways from outside interventions. Individual growth has to be struggled for, to be taken. Nobody can do it for you. A few years back, the School of Government at Harvard issued advice to those planning a career in the global economy of the future. It said that school credentials would be devalued compared to real-world skills acquired by experience. It identified 10 qualities to acquire to meet the changing standards, none of which are usually found stressed by public schooling. Number one, ability to define problems without a guide. Number two, ability to ask questions that challenge common assumptions. Number three, ability to work without guidance. Number four, ability to work absolutely alone. Number five, ability to persuade others that yours is the right course. Number six, ability to debate issues and techniques in public. Number seven, ability to reorganize information into new patterns. Number eight, ability to discard irrelevant information. Number nine, ability to think dialectically. Number 10, ability to think inductively, deductively, and heuristically. How could schools even function if children were encouraged to challenge prevailing assumptions? If you want your kids to follow Harvard's advice, you'll have to arrange a work plan by yourself. Expect no help from your school district. How can we have fallen from educational schooling since the colonial days can be measured by a book published in 1812 by DuPont de Nemours, a man who owned the gunpowder monopoly during the War of 1812. In National Education in the United States, he wrote, less than four in every thousand cannot read and do numbers with great facility. 
He predicted that kitchen table debates about the meaning of disputed passages in the Bible would result in an explosive growth of lawyers in this country, a prediction the Wall Street Journal certified in 1990 when it reported that a quarter of all lawyers on earth are Americans. A math book common to the Northeast United States in the 1830s was The Self-Taught Mathematician, the story of an 18-year-old boy who taught himself geometry, Latin, and physics, having learned to read at the age of eight, after which, one by one, he acquired scholar textbooks, and by asking questions of adults, self-taught a college-level curriculum. The message was that if he could do it, so could you. And if Harvard is right about its 10 precepts, so had you better. One final sign of educational deterioration is to examine the first three subjects George Washington studied without a school to assist him. They are number one, geometry, number two, trigonometry, and number three, surveying. By age 11, he was official surveyor for Culpeper County, Virginia, earning the contemporary equivalent of $100,000 a year, a base from which he built the largest fortune in the colonies. Force-feeding young minds with stimulating intellectual challenges is part of the time-honored formula of classical education, repudiated by institutional forced compulsion schooling that seeks a different end result than traditional educational purposes that lead to an active citizenry, the last thing wanted in a socialist state. This philosophical debate between warring visions of the best future society should be understood by anybody seeking education because the reality of both sides in the debate must be dealt with by anyone growing to adulthood in societies divided against themselves. A price must be paid by those who deviate from the leadership point of view, and that must be weighed in decision-making. Educated men and women understand every side of an argument and are careful to stay away from one-sided presentations which can customarily distort half of every issue. Mastering all points on the political social compass demands toleration of perspectives one may not like much, but which must be confronted. If you can successfully predict what your source of data is going to say, that is cause enough to dismiss it as accurate or fair-minded, which is why CNN, Fox News, and partisan talk radio commenters are held in low regard by educated people. Some years ago, a famous satire in Harper's Magazine by its editor, Louis Lafram, reported at length on the Republican Party political convention without ever attending it. That was a flagrant example of so relentlessly broadcasting a biased point of view that one's message was discredited in advance of being heard. For devotees of television serial dramas like Law and & Order and CSI Miami, 
or followers of genre fiction like westerns, horror movies, or science fiction. The formulas followed are so rigid that artistic insights into the human condition are unlikely and even unwelcome. So any educational value is strictly limited. Once a commercial formula for storytelling is established, the tendency of financial investors in popular culture projects is to demand repetition of what worked in the past, making mass entertainment in movies, music, and drama virtually devoid of artistic insights and thus of educational value, reducing their value to time killers. For these reasons, and because time to learn is limited, prudent seekers of intellectual development often focus their investigations to time-tested classics acknowledged by respected critics to contain artistic value. This is to illustrate the Harvard principle that the best minds screen irrelevant material from their attention. Principle number eight on the list above. Of course, in institutional schooling, one attends to what is ordered by superiors. No selectivity is allowed to students. Merely disliking material is insufficient reason to avoid it. A case proving its irrelevancy must be mounted and accepted by authorities. Harvard Principle number five in action. Finding ways to practice all 10 of these assertions will be a useful tool for all students to use in demonstrating an educated command of mind. John Taylor Gatto. So I must end with this by thanking you for listening to this all the way through. And I do desire that you utilize this information for it can change your life. If you meditate on it, you listen to it over and over again, you will find things for yourself that you can do to change and to be more engaged in your own creativity. If you're a young student or if you're a teacher, if you're retired and you're looking at what you can do with your life, give attention to these principles and move forward in your life with these principles in place for they are time-tested and they are truly your birthright to live in this way. If you've been educated by school and feel that you've failed in life, implement these principles so that you can now, from this point on, move forward in, in making your life better and more satisfying so that you might actually leave a legacy to those behind you. Do you think with the end in mind? And the, the end is determined by the beginning. And if you would like more information or if you want to connect with me, I would love to share more about education and leadership and raising either yourself or your children or your students, changing their paths, uh, utilizing the best examples of leadership that we have learned and that we know. And uh, I would love to share more with you. This is Karen Elizabeth, C-A-R-Y-N Elizabeth.com is my website. And you could go to my work with me tab on my website, click there, and we can discuss your future. I have uh, different options for you there. So 
click there, make an appointment with me, and uh, let's see what we can do to get you on a better path for your life. If you have a business that you're desiring to build, if you're looking to use the internet to make money, and you want some of these skills that are going to help you, I have a product that I can give you uh, to teach you and train you uh, in using the internet. And more people are making more money on the internet right now than uh, off of the internet. There are so many, uh, so many opportunities if you have the skills. And if you're a student and you really want to uh, gain these skills, uh, they're available to you. The results you're going to be satisfied with, I do consulting and uh, coaching. I do weekly and monthly coaching. And, and I'm really, I'm here for you. Please contact me, message me in social media, and let's see if we can work together. Again, there's a free opportunity there for you to get consultation. So if you and I are a good match, this is Karen Elizabeth, and that is C-A-R-Y-N elizabeth.com. And you can go to my work with me page, click there. There are two options, one to make an appointment. You can also leave a voicemail for me on there. And I would be happy to get back to you and see if we can coach you through to the next step. If you don't benefit, then uh, you won't have lost anything in that first session because it's free.